Bleed Green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Welcome to another edition of Birds 365. He's John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. I'm here filling in for my guy, Jody Mack. In the meantime, we're experiencing some slight technical difficulties. That's why we were late. Sorry about all the all the conundrums and all the, all the nonsense going on in the world right now. Sorry about that, you guys. But we're here, and we appreciate you guys for locking in with us, as always, on another day uh, for Birds 365 for your good old Eagles talk. John, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. Probably not as good as the Eagles, but uh, I'm feeling good, Tone. I, I didn't get the computer issues today. Jody did. So that's a positive spin on the day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I, I experience it all the time, especially in this new age with everything being digital and so on and so forth. So, man, you know, I have to ask you, right? I, I, I've been thinking about this. You know, a lot of people love to use the numbers to – define if guys are elite or not, right? A lot of guys go beyond just the odd test. They literally, they, they literally like to rely on a lot of these numbers. They, the whole the old adage is numbers don't lie, right? But I want to run some numbers. Oh, they lie. <laughs> they lie. They lie in football like you wouldn't believe. But they, oh, man. They, they to your point, right? Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on something really quickly, and then we're going to bring our guy Jody Mack up. He just got here. I want to throw something your way, and then you guys can take over. Jalen Hurts currently is on pace for – 4,165 passing yards, 28 passing touchdowns, 863 rushing yards, 12 rushing TDs. A.J. Brown on pace for over 1,300 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, 86 catches. Devontae on pace for over 1,000 yards, 6 touchdowns, 86 catches. Miles Sanders on pace for over 1,300 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns on 264 attempts. Those numbers, is there a chance that this Philadelphia Eagles team can probably prove to be maybe the most explosive Eagles offense that we've seen in a long time based off the numbers alone? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're already there as far as I, I've talked about it, as far as versatility, as far as being able to do uh, both phases. Typically, most NFL teams have an identity. Um, you know, they throw it well, they, they run it well, uh, sometimes both, but not to the degree to where it's as balanced as the Eagles and, and they can uh, beat teams each way. Um, 
you don't see it. It's rare, you know, and that's why you, you, you go back to the 363-yard rushing performance against Green Bay, and then Jalen's at 380 the next week against Tennessee when they pull him from the game with the, you know, essentially the mercy rule for the poor Titans. You don't see that. And you, you got to go back to 1987. The last team to do it was the Raiders back in 87. So do the math, you know, it's 35 years. Doesn't happen every day. Doesn't happen every year. Doesn't happen every week. So, yeah, I mean, this team is the most offensively, the most versatile team in the NFL, uh, the most versatile team in a long time. Um, you know, people point back to Lamar Jackson's Jody joining us uh, with a full-fledged green screen. So we'll give a shout-out to Ocean Casino Resort. Yes. Uh, Jody's not down the shore. but um, <laughs> No, I'm not. And for those who thought I overslept, sorry to interrupt you, John. Um, I did not. What I did was uh, to set up our shot, I need to pull my computer out. I have a different setup for where the computer is so that it gets the full effect of the green slate screen. And I must have pulled one of the wires out because uh, the computer just went completely out. I don't know if it was a power. I don't know if it's a connection, but no, that was just yeah. my. I had a full not... power out yesterday. So I that's said, right. You just froze yeah. on us with a big smile yeah. on your face. You look good. You look giddy, Johnny Mac. <laughs> um, well, it's good. No. It's good to see you, Jody Mac. Good to see you as always, J Mac. I'm going to let you guys take care of your business and we'll get that green screen sorted out over the break, you guys. I'll catch up with you. You got it. Uh, thanks to uh, Tone for jumping in my uh, spot here for a couple of minutes. That's uh, it wasn't my uh, oversleeping or laziness. No, it's you were my... here before me. I saw you, and then you, you were you gone. You did see me. Yeah. yeah, it was my technical ineptitude of uh, trying to uh, set my shot, which didn't quite come off as I thought it was. And before I know, boom, I got a black screen. I got no screen whatsoever. So my apologies for getting to the party a couple of minutes late. Despite my uh, screwing up the technical aspect of it, it doesn't change the fact that the Eagles are still 10 and 1. Um, 11 and 1. Don't don't dismiss them. Why do I keep doing that? I only get I don't know. I got to think about it too because somebody said 12 and 1 when they were talking to Nick Sirianni said so they were jumping the gun. Oh really? They said they asked him what it was like to be 12 and 1. So I have to correct myself. You Somebody's know, overstating it gets boring. 10 to 1, 11 and 1, 12 and 1 soon to be 13 and one um you know it's all soon to be 12 and one this week it's the darn bye weeks that uh, screw up everything and uh, believe it or not we still have a couple bye weeks that's left there are some teams that have already played 13 games uh, so this week is the last of the bye weeks did you and tone talk at all in the five minutes i was getting my computer back up and running about the espn disrespect for the philadelphia eagles no, we were talking about the, the the huge offensive numbers and the versatility of them uh, and what they're on pace to do, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, it was interesting, though, Nick Sirianni, somebody asked him about Jalen Hurts being MVP, and he gave the typical answer. Yeah, we'd love to see it, but you know, we don't really care. Um, love to see it for the individual, but the Eagles have much grander dreams than – an MVP, uh, but it would be nice. And who knows if he becomes the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 and rush for 1,000. Um, maybe that puts him over the top. But 
Uh, the disrespect, yeah. I, I, I think it all, you know me, I think it all relates back to the quarterback. And there's certain people who don't want to admit they were wrong about the quarterback for whatever reason. I don't get it. I, I You know, yesterday on the show, Jody, I said, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts is the MVP of this league. I didn't think it was going to happen. You heard me say it. And when I was saying, wait, wait, let me quickly interrupt. Who did? Who no, well, nobody did. Hurts was going to be nobody the did. No, but but it isn't like who he was in the debate and some no, no, Hurts other guy. No one. No, I don't no. know that Jalen's mom had him in the conversation for MVP of the NFL. There is a small, started. unrealistic portion of the fan base that thinks they're going 17 and 0 every year right. and thinks every Eagle's the best Eagle Here's that the ever percentage. Very, very small. But I bring it up for this reason. While I was doing it, while I was doing it, somebody on, on social media was bringing up one of my former columns when I said Jalen Hurts was never going to have a Patrick Mahomes game where he throws for 380, blah, blah, blah. I said I was wrong, and somebody's on social media searching out to prove I'm wrong. This is why people – now, I don't give a flying you-know-what, but this is why so many people are so hesitant to say they're wrong because you got all these idiots – that are keeping score, and, and 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 I think that there's a there's a there's a there's a bounce back. You know, people who don't understand, we do this every day. We give you our opinions in the moment, and guess what? They often change, and they often change. And mine on Jalen Hurts has changed because he has done so much to improve his game. And he's he deserves a ton of credit for that. The coaching staff deserves a ton of credit. A lot of people deserve credit for it. I didn't see this coming. As you said, most realistic people didn't see this coming. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean it hasn't come. John, there were a lot more people who thought Jalen Hurts will never be a franchise quarterback then Jalen Hurts will be an MVP-level quarterback in the league. There were a lot more people who said, this guy isn't good enough. He's never going to oh, yeah. be able to improve his accuracy. Uh, he's a runner, not a pet. No, there, there were many more. If you're talking about percentages, either way, there were more of Jalen Hurts shouldn't be the quarterback of the Eagles this year than Jalen Hurts is going to be in the MVP race. That's a really small. Here's the other percentage of those who thought Jalen Hurts shouldn't even be the Eagles starter. Well, one was bigger than the other. So oh, yeah. if you can't admit that you're wrong, and I think most people do, if you're in our business, you do, I do, guys who are worth their salt do as well. If you're going to let that affect the way you look at what's already transpired in the standings and say, wow, I need to put the Eagles in my, in the, in their place because I was one of those who doubted Jalen Hurts. Well, I don't I've think it's that overt, Jody. Real quick, I don't think it's that overt. I think it's more of a, it's more of a a, a sort of subconscious thing where people say, I, "I this this kid can never be Patrick Mahomes because of where he's drafted, pedigree, whatever. He could never play at that level." I think it becomes, and they just don't they don't believe it because they've already made up their minds in the past. I think it's more that than an overt. Um, I don't want to, you know. I, because some nut job on Twitter is going to bring up old columns or shows or whatever. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's more subconscious. So there's a lot of people who say, 
And, and you see it all the time with players with undrafted. We see with T.J. Edwards. There's a there's a bunch of people who still don't believe T.J. Edwards is a good player because he went undrafted. There's a bunch of people. I see them. I see them all the time. I get them. He can't run. He can't pass cover. He can't do this. He does it every week yep. to the highest level in the NFL. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. The NFL got it wrong, you know, because he had one bad day. At his, uh, I think it was his pro day. Um, and he ran a four eight seven or whatever he ran. That's probably the only time in TJ's life he ran a four eight seven. He had a bad day. Can't hold it against him for the rest of his life, but some people do. And the thing I, I have to and and Tommy Lawler from Eagle Blitz is uh, in uh, the green room ready to hop on with us, so we want to get to him. But this ESPN ranking that came out yesterday is supposedly one hundred percent analytically driven not someone's opinion not someone consciously or subconsciously trying to put the eagles in a perspective because they had doubts about the team and they had doubts about the the subjectivity is supposed to be completely out of this it's supposed to be all analytics driven and somehow that the dallas cowboys is the number one team and the eagles is the number four team Really, it's time to restart the computer. At least I know what I did with my computer this morning. I pulled the plug out of the back. That was my bad. I'm copping to it. ESPN needs to check its computer modules because how the hell you come up with the Cowboys as the number one analytically, statistically driven team and the Eagles no better than fourth? I, I don't understand how that can be mathematically possible but anyway uh running a little late my bad sorry for starting the show late we are going to get to our uh, first guest tommy lawler from eaglesblitz.com longtime eagle writer uh always good when he joins the show we're gonna punch him up next here on birds Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim's my North Star. He's trusted, revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. 
So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. John McMullen at the Ocean Casino. Jody McDonald in his basement. And it's my bad because I pulled the plug on my computer and we're having trouble getting my background set up. So, uh, hey, at least it's eagle green, right? If it's got to be a color behind me, it might as well be eagle green. Uh, Tommy Lawler, EaglesBlitz.com, longtime eagle writer. Good enough to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Tommy, let me start here. John and I just admitted last segment, hey, we were kind of wrong about the Eagles. I had them going to the Super Bowl. I sure as heck didn't have them as 11-1. and one. How much better is this team where it sits today than you thought it was going to be before the year started? Oh, they're definitely better. Uh, there's no question about that. I, I thought they would be, say, a 12-5 and five kind of team, something like that, where we knew they'd be improved from last year. They had brought in A.J. Brown and some other key players and – Year two, you're, you're normally going to be some uh, 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 an improvement from the year before under the coaching staff. But I just didn't see this level where the defense is second in the league in, in yards allowed and the offense is, I think, second in the league in, in yards gained. And yeah. there's just playmakers all over, and guys have taken major steps forward, none more so than Jalen Hurts, who, as you guys were talking about, went from a question mark to potentially the league MVP, and none of us – realistically none of us saw that kind of progression yeah uh no question about it tommy you know the the thing i'm most impressed about with this team and it, it it's on the offensive side but you mentioned the, the the two things i guess is is the consistency on both sides of the ball their top five team on both sides of the ball but offensively the versatility to toggle from the running game one week to the passing game the next week 363 yards on the ground against the Packers. Jalen's got 380 through the air against the Titans. It's a seven-day span. You got to go back to the Raiders in 87, uh, the last time that's happened. So it doesn't happen every day. I I asked this, I probably asked it of you in the past, but I'm going to ask it again. If you're a defensive coordinator, what, what do you do? You typically game plan for a player certain takes something away. Bill Belichick's famous for that. What the heck do you do with the Eagles offense? Where do you start? I, you know, to me, you look at the games where they've looked their most impressive, and it's usually A.J. Brown catching a lot of passes. So I would try to take A.J. Brown away and then take my chances with Devontae and then 
uh, take my chances with the Eagles in the run game and hope that somebody Ooh. in my front six, front seven could make plays. But well, if you look at the, the Pittsburgh game where the Eagles put up 35 and made it look easy, they didn't play the fourth quarter basically in that game. Yeah. Uh, AJ lit them up, you know, yesterday or Sunday, I guess, rather. You had uh, the Eagles put up 35 and basically didn't play much in the fourth quarter. Uh, other games are having to grind it out a little bit more to, to put a game away. Uh, that's what I would probably do. But, you know, it, it, one of the coaching terms that we've heard in the last couple of years is toolbox. And really, this Eagles offense has a big toolbox because they can win with the run or the pass. They can win with running the ball inside or outside. They can have uh, quarterback runs or running back runs. They can throw the ball to tight ends, to wide receivers, over the middle, outside, deep, short. Except for wide receiver screens, they do about everything well. Uh, so really, it's the, the versatility is just incredible. And, and as a coach, you really do have to pick your poison. I guess if I was going to do anything, I would really go back and study that Colts game. It felt to me like the offense was more uncomfortable in that game than any other game. And I would kind of study what they did, the Colts did, and see if I could replicate that. But uh, obviously the Titans may have looked at that and the Packers may have looked at that and the Eagles, you know, scored 75 points the last two weeks. So uh, maybe that's not a good plan. Exactly. And while I agree with your overall analysis that AJ might be the guy you'd want to try and lessen, I got bad news for the opposition. One of the tools being re-added to the box in the next uh, two weeks, Dallas Goddard's going to come back. And the fact that the Eagles have scored 75 points the last two weeks without <laughs> Goddard tells you how good their offense is clicking right now. And yes, John and I are giving credit to Jalen Hurts. We both this week said that he would get the nod for us from MVP. John said Sirianni was asked about it. Yes, I said, well, that's an individual award. We got bigger fish to fry right now, which is, of course, the right answer to give. How badly do you think his teammates want to help Jalen Hurts win the MVP this year? Oh, I think they'd love it because that would reflect on on the whole team. You know, he's he would win MVP carrying the team on his back, just doing a bunch of spectacular stuff. Like there's times when we see Lamar Jackson in, in recent years, and it feels like he's carrying the Ravens offense on his back. Jalen is able to distribute the football and have AJ make plays for him, have Devontae make plays for him, Goddard, Quez. There are those runs where he's doing some stuff, but it feels like a lot of it comes within the framework of team football. And he's taken advantage of the offensive line and he's taken advantage of the receivers he has and, and he's making smart decisions. That's the thing that maybe impresses me more than anything is Jalen seems like a really smart quarterback <laughs> this year. When he makes a decision, I generally feel like it's the right decision in that given moment. And uh, that's, what's going to translate well, you know, accuracy and things like that he's improved in those ways but a quarterback at his best is really a great decision maker and Jalen has, has nailed it in that category yeah and uh, you know you mentioned that Indianapolis game Tommy he did put the Eagles on his back in the fourth he quarter did. in that game uh, that was one where as you said they weren't uh, performing at their usual level and he just dragged him over the finish line essentially by himself um, obviously the offensive line and it's always other people involved, but the fact that he could do that and lift the team is impressive. And then the second thing I want to bring up with you, and you just kind of alluded to it, but I want to hone it down into something that is amazing to me. Jalen has been, if not the best deep ball thrower 
in the NFL, certainly amongst the top five this year. You you saw it against the Titans. You have a 40-yard touchdown, 34-yard touchdown, I think 29. These are shots in the NFL. These are shot plays. And he doesn't turn it over. He's got three interceptions. Usually when you're taking shot plays, you're taking a few chances here and there. You're trying to push the envelope. The fact that he's able to generate these explosive plays when you take and also take care of the football, that's Aaron Rodgers' territory. That's basically that's what he did in the prime of his career. It, it I don't want to overstate this, but jump from one year to another. I've I I I have a tough time coming up with a comparison. This leap. No. It's tough because, you know, we go back to the guy that we all saw his whole career was Donovan McNabb. And Donovan played as a rookie in 99, and you saw flashes of talent. But you said, you know, he's got a lot to work on. And then in 2000, Donovan came out, and he didn't have much in the way of weapons to work with. Deuce Staley got hurt, and they had Darnell Autry as the lead tailback. So Donovan literally carried that offense on his back. And he finished second in the MVP voting, but he just made plays and was creative and and kind of crazy and, and doing whatever he could to win on the given day. And then you have to fast forward, you know, to 2002 to see a real substantial jump in his passing ability. And then it wasn't until 2004 that he legitimately became a guy that was a threat as a thrower week in and week out. So it took him years to make that progression. And with Jalen, you know, we're sitting here this third season and he's got to that point where he's a, a true threat as a runner, and as a receiver, uh, as a runner, and as a, and as a passer, and it's it's like it's like we've taken Donovan McNabb's career and microwaved it and jumped ahead, <laughs> and so yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. It, it really is, and it's it's awesome and it's exciting. Now the fair question is, can he sustain this? And that's the ultimate test of of how good players really are. We've seen guys have breakout seasons and then come back to reality a little bit. I don't know that's going to be the case with Jalen because he seems. The, the phrase Nick Sirianni likes to use is locked in, you know, maximum effort, really dedicated to his craft, totally about football, a coach's son. So if he can keep that mentality and we see his physical ability and we know how hard he's, he's, he's working with his film study and things of that nature, maybe this is something he can sustain for the next five, six, eight, ten 10 years, whatever. So Tommy, it's, it's going to be exciting to see. Tommy, we know that offense grabs attention, grabs headlines, but you need all aspects of uh, the game to work if you want to make a deep, sustained playoff run. And damn it, the Eagles didn't check all the boxes this week with special teams somehow jumping up and having a good week after having a pretty pitiful season up to this point. But I want to zero in on the defense. They're getting the job done on a week-in, week-out basis. <clears throat> yeah, they might not be blitzing, which seems to be what the Philadelphia fan base always wants. If you get six sacks, does it matter how you get them? Doesn't the, isn't the the overall number of sacks what most of the fans should be motivated by when they're analyzing the Eagle defense and their well, they're only second in sacks, Jody. So maybe they could be first if Jonathan Gannon <laughs> was more aggressive. They're they're on pace to get right up in the neighborhood of sixty. So that yeah. would be in a pretty pretty amazing yeah, season. They, they they weren't you when you say John. They're always second in sacks. They were nowhere near second in sacks last year. No, they, they were second to last. Compared to last year. No, I said this year. They were second to last in sacks last right. year. They, they're second in sacks this year. I joke that, you know, for the fan base, 
you know, who complains about JG not being aggressive enough? They could be first, so technically they could be better. But this defense, Tommy, one of the problems I I think, and I want to get your thoughts on it, Eagles fans compare it to different generations. They don't compare it to the context of the modern NFL. So they want Buddy Ryan, Jim Johnson, Bud Carson, whatever. You can't play defense like that today. So I think there's a a lack of context, and they don't compare the Eagles to their their peers in the league today. And as you mentioned, they're second in defense, you know, uh, second in sacks, first in turnovers, uh, second in, in, in preventing explosive plays. These are all pretty good rankings compared to the other teams in the current NFL. Shouldn't people focus on that more? Absolutely. You know, as fans, we love nostalgia. We love to look back and, and, and compare things, but it's it's not a fair argument. It's not apples to oranges. And one of the examples I love to give is you think about Buddy Ryan and his philosophies that worked in the 1980s and early 90s. He simply believed in real basic math. I'm going to bring more guys than you can block. And it's up to you to beat that. So if you have seven blockers, I'm going to have eight rushers. If you have six blockers, I'm going to have seven rushers. It was strictly math. Well, if you think fast forward 20, 25 years to Rex Ryan when he was running the Jets defense and Rex took that philosophy and said, I've got to adjust this for the modern game where teams are better for passing. And Rex really specialized in overload blitzes where I'm going to overload one side. So I don't have to beat, bring eight guys to beat you. I just need to bring three to beat two or four to beat three. And I can still leave the proper amount of guys back in coverage to limit big plays on the Jets. We're the best defense in the league in 2009, 2010. So they had taken the philosophy and he had updated it for the modern game because Buddy Ryan wasn't facing guys that completed 65, 68, 70% of their passes. You go back and look at the numbers of the 1980s, people are completing 56% of their passes. The passing game has evolved at every level of football. It starts with Pee Wee. I mean, when the three of us were kids, did you ever see a Pee Wee team pass the ball? No, never. No, they just never. ran. It was yeah. all running. You got to junior high. You threw a pass in junior high if you were down, you know, big. In high school, oh, you might have that one team in the league that threw 12 or 15 passes a game, and that was the air raid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now you look in football at the lowest levels. These guys are throwing passes. Receivers are developed earlier. Quarterbacks are developed earlier. All that stuff. And it, it, it comes through college football and into pro football. The passing game is advanced to a level where you can't, go with the old school mentality of let's focus on a run and let's blitz that just would not work in the modern nfl you have to adjust it for the way the game has evolved in jonathan gannon's system it's frustrating at times because it it does give things more than i feel like it should but the bottom line is you look at i mean the eagles have given up what one second half touchdown in the last six games yeah yeah you know they're second in the league in yards allowed they're up there in takeaways. Uh, they're second in sacks. They're by every metric, they're having a fantastic season. It's yeah. aesthetically we may not love it, but we love the results. You know, well, one so, thing one thing that hasn't changed about defenses in the National Football League. This has been the case forever. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Knowing full well that pressure up front makes a defensive back's <laughs> life easier, or outstanding coverage makes a defensive line's job easier up front. You get that extra split second because the guy is covered. That's the difference between getting home and not getting home. 
who should get more credit in your eyes? The Eagles DBs for their good coverage right out of the, the gate. And that's why the sacks have uh, piled up to the point where they're second in the league, or is it the other way around? You look at the defensive backfield, uh, hey, they, they don't give up anything. Well, is that because the Eagles are getting home that quickly? Who's helping more in this situation? Eagles defensive line helping the DBs or the Eagles DBs making it easier for the defensive line? I'm going to go with the DBs, and strictly because in the modern game, there's such an emphasis on release time. And we know that if you if you go back and watch Matt Ryan, he's trying to get the ball out in 2.4 seconds or something crazy like that. I don't care who you have rushing the passer. If you have Reggie White, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, 2.4 seconds, they're just not going to get to the quarterback. So if the defensive backs can cover tightly for that two and a half seconds and a quarterback just has to hold the ball that extra beat, he's either going to get hit, get sacked, or get affected by the pass rush. So to me, in the modern game, the defensive backs actually are a little bit more important with the way there's such an emphasis on getting that ball out quickly because a great pass rush isn't just going to get there fast enough sometimes. Yeah, and I think against Tennessee – Boy, they confused Ryan Tannehill, who's been playing football for a long time. He was holding on to the football, uh, and that kind of enabled it. So at least uh, last week or Sunday, uh, I think it was more the corners. I want to upset my buddy Bob Groats, Tommy, by saying (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen, certainly in Philadelphia, and you've been covering this team longer than me, so you go back to the glory days of the, the defense. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a smarter cornerback than James Bradbury. That guy is so savvy. Um, that play he snipped out, the, the wide receiver hit screen, that he should he actually overran it. Should have been a pick <laughs> six. But he knew what was coming before the receiver looked like. That's rare. Um, and, and they're so heavy on quarters coverage. And he just makes – the right decisions. And I think the difference between the Eagles, Vic Mangio style defense and everybody else's, and there's about 12 teams that run it. And the reason the Eagles are the best at it is the secondary and their communication ability. And I think it starts with James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Um, Agree or disagree. I agree. And and, and Bradbury, really, he is a smart player because if you look at him, He's not an explosive athlete. It's not like that guy's out there running 4-3. You know, you, we've seen receivers run by him. But he's really smart in the way that he covers. He's, he knows the sideline as a friend. So if he can push that receiver over by the sideline, all of a sudden that guy's got a, a tough chance to make a catch or no chance to make a catch. He plays angles well. He obviously does his film study. He's willing to take chances. And there's times when he's jumped routes like that one. And, uh, you know, golly, he just missed that pick six. That would be yeah. sweet. Uh, but he, he's just he, – he's so smart with the way he plays. And we see so many corners come in that have the size and the speed and this and that, but they don't understand how to play corner. And Bradbury, he's got outstanding length, good size, and got great ball skills, but really his feel for the game is outstanding. That's a, that's a great point you make. All right. Uh, let's move the clock up five days. Sunday they've got the Giants – 
um, who are still in a playoff push, even with their tie <coughs> last week against the Commanders. Late in the year, and Eagles and Giants haven't played yet. They're going to play twice in the last four weeks of the season, and we'll leave the last week, depending on what's at stake for either or both teams uh, aside, this week against the Giants. They got off to a good start. They were surprising some uh, teams around the league. A little bit of a league darling because everybody likes Brian Dayball, their coach. Well, they've got two losses and a tie in their last three games. Have they tumbling back down to earth? Were they overachieving early on? Did they just run into a more difficult part of their schedule? What do you think of the New York Giants coming into Sunday's matchup versus the Birds? They started off six and one, and and they were playing pretty good football. But they were having a lot of clutch moments where they would make the key play in the fourth quarter and win a game. Two point conversion, a fourth down conversion, a fourth down stop, and it felt like their opponents every week would make a bad mistake that would help the Giants to win. And again, if if you do that and you take advantage of it, that's good for you but it's not sustainable. At some point, you've got to make plays earlier in the game and play good football and ha- build some kind of lead. You can't count on making comebacks or winning one-score games every week. You just can't do it. It's not realistic. And that's what's happened to them is that they've they've run up against some tougher teams, and all of a sudden now they're making a mistake or two that's cost them. And uh, the run defense, they've given up 160 or more yards in three straight games, so teams are moving the ball on them. Uh, Saquon Barkley hasn't been quite as explosive in recent weeks. And, uh, you know, they're just, you're starting to see some issues that were there before we focused on the wins and maybe not how they got them. Now we're starting to look at the overall picture. You see the giants are a scrappy feisty team, but they're just, they're not a good team. Uh, so you know, give them credit for doing what they can, but this is a game. The Eagles absolutely should win. You know, the, the giants have given up 37 sacks this year the Eagles D line should be able to go in and get some pressure on Daniel Jones this week. Well, I would disagree with one thing and I've been Jody knows I, I do not believe in the New York giants. Uh, They are not, I would say they're not a talented team, Tommy, but they are a good team. And I think one of the reasons they are a good team and Nick Sirianni talked about this is Brian Dayball. They might be, this might be the two leading candidates, certainly two of the top, three or four to be coach of the year in the NFL. And Nick was talking about it. They were together back in 2012 with the God awful Kansas city chiefs. Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni got his first positional coaching job, coached the wide receivers for a team that I think went two and 14. If I was correct, Romeo Cornell. And Nick said, obviously, we weren't successful, but Brian Dayball is one of those guys who who helped him and Jim Bob Cooter um, specifically. He saw something in those two guys and thought they would be good coaches and tried to bring them along and help them as much as possible. And Nick still talks about it today. Ironic that Nick beat Brian by one year to be a head coach in this league. I think this is one of the best offensive minds in football, how he wins games with Saquon Barkley and basically nothing else. Maybe not this year, but long-term, I think the Giants finally got it right. I think they're finally going in the right direction. Um, is that your take on, on, on New York? 
Oh yeah, listen, Dayball is a good coach. Absolutely, he's he's what he's done this year has been fantastic. And, and Wink Martindale has pieced that defense together. You know, if if you look at them, man, I think Eagles fans would love Wink Martindale. By the way, they, <laughs> they would, would love Wink. But they're, they're I think they're twenty third in yards allowed on defense, but they're top ten in third downs and red zone. So you get you get a bunch of yards, but you get down to these key situations. They come blitzing, and they're able to keep you from converting first downs or scoring touchdowns. That's kept them in some games that maybe they shouldn't have been in. Uh, but then the foundation is there. They just need talent. They need to draft well and have a good offseason to get them some more playmakers. And when they do that, and of course, they also have had some injury issues here and there. There's there's a solid foundation there, but just there's an overall lack of talent and uh you know they're they're one of those teams that they're what seven four and one I think the record is yeah seven four they're a few plays away from being four seven and one so you know we can call that a good team if you want or a lucky team or this or that whatever bottom line is they just they lack talent and so that they're, they're going to be they'll play the Eagles hard no question about it heck they could beat the Eagles you know if they have one of those games where they make the plays we saw it against Washington a few weeks back the Eagles didn't make plays in that game the Eagles made mistakes and Washington made plays. And oh. Washington won that game, so it'll be it could be a tough game on Sunday. Oh, the Giants are going to beat the Eagles in Week 18 when the Eagles play the JV. <laughs> but that's a, we'll get to that. Um, but I uh, know you got to run one last hypothetical question for you. We won't even touch the Cowboys because they've got that big game coming up on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys, and both teams are so good. I, I don't think the Eagles have had anything locked up by that. Cowboys won't either, so it'll be a great game because both teams will be playing, and we've run into that too much the last couple of years. One of the two teams not really caring about the outcome of the game between the Eagles and Cowboys, which kind of ticks every Eagle fan off. This one, they'll both play for keeps, so we won't even touch the Cowboys. Which team gives you a little more angst in a potential playoff matchup at Lincoln Financial Field this year? Vikings or a Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers coming in in January to Philadelphia? Brock Purdy. Uh, oh, the Niners for sure. Uh, Even with Brock Purdy. At- you're, you're spitting in Kirk Cousins' face there. You're going, give me <laughs> give me Kirk Cousins. I don't want to face Brock Purdy. Well, the, the Niners have the number one defense in points and yards a lot in the league. And they do have all those playmakers on offense. And if you get a guy that just play limits his mistakes with that defense, they're going to be in the game. You're not going to blow them out, I don't think. Minnesota, I don't know. I just don't believe in the Vikings. They're they're, they're, team, they're the, the, the metrics say is is like they're they should crazy. be twentieth or twenty fifth in the league. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we saw how easily the Eagles handled them. So the listen and and the Vikings. You know, you guys were talking about have to admit mistakes. I hope we're not talking in January or February, and I have to come on here and apologize to the Vikings because they just what they did to the Eagles. But uh, I don't think you got to worry about that. <laughs> the Niners, because they're so good on defense, yeah, and defense and is. if you face a team that's great on one side of the ball, that just makes me nervous because that, that, sometimes that's all it takes to win a playoff game. I don't think the Niners can go win a Super Bowl because that would require them to to win several games in a row with Purdy, and I don't think they're going to do that. But when you have a great defense, they've always got a puncher's chance in that one game. Tommy, great stuff. Appreciate it whenever you hop in with us. Thanks for doing so today. And we will certainly get you back on again before the playoffs get underway. Always fun to talk to you guys. Our Thanks, pleasure. Tommy. you got to check out his website, Eagles, Eagles Blitz. That's I-G-G-L-E-S Blitz.com. 
Tommy, a little bit of an old school guy, give you a nice little combination of this year's Eagles with Eagles from yesteryear. Uh, check out his uh, website. That's disre- you, you talk about disrespect. That's disrespect to Kirk Cousins. Uh, That's Brock what Birdie. I said. Oof. It Oof. really is. I get it because what it, what Tommy mm. then said thereafter is dead on. Yeah. The, I love the, the 49er defense. You know me. The 49er defense. But I'm yeah. going to say one thing. Um, they did beat the Dolphins this week. I thought the Dolphins might be able to go in, in San Francisco and, and win. They did not. And they lost to Brock Purdy. One of them, and I watch a lot of that game because on after he goes to the four o'clock window. The Dolphins were missing both of their starting tackles. Not just their starting right tackle, which we knew middle of the week he was going to be out. But Armstead was a game-time decision, and he never even saw the field. You take both your starting tackles. I think about the Eagles having to replace Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata in the same week. Driscoll can only play one of the two tackle positions now that they Andre would. The Eagles would hold up. But, yeah, every, I, I hear what you're saying. Everybody else but the Eagles, it's a catastrophe. The, the Eagles would literally hold up. They put Andre Dillard at left tackle, Jack Driscoll right tackle. Wouldn't be nearly as good, but they would be competent. Um, yeah, yeah you, you lose both your tackles. And they, they had to go out and sign Eric Fisher. They're so desperate. And Tua um, was, Tua was uh, scrambling for his life and hurrying for his life. Nick Bosa had two sacks in the first half. He got the big one in the second half and made Tua cough up the football. Never saw him come and got him from the blind side. Uh, Dolphins were right there in that game and could have potentially won that game. So the 49 defense is great, but they had a little bit of a leg up yeah. this week against uh, Miami. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 duo. When we come back, Johnny Mac, I want to ask you about the general manager because we've had this conversation – Last week, the week before, the week before that, the week before that, the week before that, we've continued to state we think Howie Roseman is leader in the clubhouse for executive of the year with moves he made, the big A.J. Brown acquisition. The Eagles' defense with contracts that are out at the end of this season basically is uh, three quarters of the defense, the starting defense. As of right now, there are a whole bunch of guys around the last year of their deal. And Howie Roseman has a track record for getting contract extensions done in season, not allowing free agents to get to potential free agents to get the free agency. He hasn't gotten a one done this year. And I want to. Yeah, he's screwed by the success. Yeah. He's got no leverage. That's part of it. That's what we'll discuss when we get back. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Appreciate you screaming on in with us here on Bird 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And the eagle green screen behind me does not signify that I went down to Ocean Casino and lost my shirt. Uh, so I was refusing to uh, go back to Ocean Casino. It does not signify that I went down to Ocean Casino and couldn't lose and cleaned them out. And they said, the hell with it. We're not sponsoring McDonald anymore. No, clean them out. Yeah. It didn't go either way. Yeah, they didn't clean me out. I didn't clean them out. Uh, I just uh, screwed up my computer this morning. So some technical difficulties. Uh, we are sponsored, as always, by the great folks at Ocean Casino. We thank them much for the support of the show. We thank you guys for streaming in here with us on Birds 365. Oh, by the way, if you want, you go ahead and hit that like button. Despite the fact that I'm not down Ocean Casino, you can still like the show. You can like what either I or John or both of us are saying. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe here on Birds 365. All right, Johnny, I teased this before we went to break. And our uh, buddy Mike Gill is going to join us coming up in about 25 minutes from now. Uh, we usually have Mike on on Wednesdays. He's going to jump in a day early for us. Thank him from down the shore. Hopping on with us on a uh, Tuesday. He'll be here in about 25 minutes. Howie Roseman, outstanding job this year. By hook or by crook, he was behind the selection of Jalen Hurts two years ago when they took him in the second round, much to the chagrin of a lot of Eagle fans and backers and media members who said, what's he doing wasting? Uh, several guys, you talk about going back and looking up old articles or old YouTube shows or whatever else. 
Oh, I guarantee you there were media members who described the selection of Jalen Hurts in the second round as wasting a second round pick at worst. At best, a luxury item. Where would the hell would the Eagles be without Jalen Hurts right about now? Uh, no, uh, Harry Roseman at all his coaching staff, Jeff Lloyd, a lot of people in on the decision, uh, decided to take Jalen Hurts and they're reaping the benefits of it right now. This offseason, he made the major trade for A.J. Brown. And has he lived up to expectations or what? Yeah, Howie Roseman's gotten a lot right this year. But we always have to look forward. We always have to worry about what's coming down the road tomorrow. Eagles are in a precarious position in that, John, you and I have discussed about your window of opportunity. How open is your window of opportunity to make the playoffs, to go deep in the playoffs, to get to a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl? Oh, the window's wide open for the Philadelphia Eagles right here, right now, this year. Can they keep the window open? They've got their quarterback in place, guaranteed for another year, at least another two years, because they always go franchise tag, which, oh, by the way, there's another thing I never mentioned before. The Eagles may be having to franchise tag Jalen Hurts. Nobody ever said that a month ago, two months ago, six months ago, a year ago. No one talked along those lines. Oh, it's going to be talked about because if they don't get a deal done when the season is over and done with, that's exactly what they're looking at it. No, by the way, I, would would it bother you in in the least if the in just taking away the fact that they couldn't get a contract done? But would you say, oh no, you can't, you can't possibly think franchising Jalen Hurts is a good idea at the amount that the franchise tag is? You would have no problems with that, would you, J Mac? No, I would be shocked by it just because it's not the way the Eagles do business and they'll get something done. I, I would be more shocked by it if it got to that point. I, I can't even imagine it would get to that point. But, yeah, it's a mechanism you have. Um, I, I just can't even fathom that, that being the way this goes. Um, but that's just because of the way the Eagles typically do business. Right, the, but don't the Eagles typically get a good number? They're free agents, they're core guys that they want to go forward with, done to contract extensions before you get to the end of a season? Yeah, they they well, typically younger players. So the, the two players I've kind of focused on since the beginning were are TJ Edwards and Marcus Epps. The problem is, but we talked about it before the break, you're usually not 11 and one. You're usually not the best team in football and everybody's playing at such a high level and everybody's got this tremendous leverage. So what the Eagles are famous for, at least in the league is for getting guys done early to team friendly deals. Um, It's difficult in this environment to get the team friendly deal part of it done um, the leverage just isn't there. Um, there's c- certain things, and that's why I focused on TJ and Marcus as well, because the Eagles have developed them. They were both, you know, TJ was undrafted. Min- uh, Marcus was a six-round pick in Minnesota, claimed on waivers. So, you know, those are guys that were developed and have some loyalty to the organization. So I thought, Maybe they could get something done with them, but they're playing so well. I, you know, why, why are they going to take, you know, significantly less money 
than they could potentially get. It's really difficult. It's really difficult for Howie this year, but he'll take the 11 and one and he'll get stuff done a little bit later. And, you know, once you get to the, you know, he'll get certain deals done, but with certain guys, if they get to the open market, they see what's out there. Then you start pressing, look, go shopping for a ring again. We're this close. We're this. You know, who knows if they win the Super Bowl, you can say, come back and win another. Um, and then you, you tap into that sort of uh, sentiment. All right. Since you said it with as much conviction as you did, Mr. McMullen, I don't have a problem putting you on the spot. Who are the guys? Give me, two, you said, you gave me two specific names. Do you want to say, oh, those will be the two? Give me a minimum of two guys who are key defensive contributors right now. Did you say Howie Roseman? Jody, it's just a matter of time. It's not an if, it's a when. Who are those two guys? Oh, that, yeah, those two. It's not an if, it's a when. Uh, TJ and Marcus, um, they're going to get them done. Um, and they're going to be back, and they're going to be part of this defense. Um, they're young players. They're, you know, still ascending in their careers. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what the Eagles, you know, the, the more difficult decisions and the two most difficult decisions are one of the guys I talked about with Tommy. James Bradbury's going to be a really difficult decision. Um Javon Hargrave's going to be a really difficult decision. Um, age factors into that expense. Um, other players you have. And with Bradbury, my God, how, how could he have a better season than this? You know, I, 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 you know, you almost have to be honest with yourself and say, I got I got to look up these numbers. He's been targeted 72 times, Jody. He's, he's given up 32 receptions. That is a 44.4% completion percentage. And a lead that get there, everybody's at 65 or 70%. Right. Now, now you can't be a 60% quarterback anymore because yeah. you're not accurate enough. If you're at 60, you've got issues, you've got problems. Bradbury's holding them to 44 and change. 44 and change. The longest play is given up all year is 34 yards. The passer rating when opposing quarterbacks target him, 43.2. 43.2. I hope Groats is listening. I mean, it, he can't have another year like that. I mean, sometimes everybody has career years. You, you expect a regression to the mean. That is a difficult decision for the Eagles um, and and to be honest I would lean towards James probably isn't going to be back um, for that reason uh, but boy this year enjoy it because he yeah. is just having an unbelievable without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
I'll 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 play devil's advocate a little bit for you here. Um, first thing first is sometimes <laughs> you have to uh, try and not injure yourself while patting yourself on the back. I lobbied heavily for James Bradbury when he was still under contract to the New York Giants because there were so many rumors floating in New York, and I got good New York contacts. The Giants have to cut some, but they got to get their cap in order. They're screwed. They don't have the money to sign their draft picks. They got to do something. Uh, new regime, new general manager, no commitments, new coaching staff. And the name I kept hearing was Bradbury. They're going to move away from Bradbury. Bradbury didn't have as good a year last year as when they first signed him his first year in New York and gave a lot of money coming out of Carolina. And one of the knocks when I would bring it up here in Philadelphia, we don't have uh, response to your our guys. We thank our streamers. Um, but uh, when I take calls on WIP, he's just a zone cornerback, Jody. If he's not in a zone scheme, <coughs> then he's not as good a quarterback. He's not as great a man-to-man cornerback as you're stating. What do the Eagles play mostly in the secondary on defense, Johnny Mac? Uh, all zone. Quarters, cover cover two, cover six, cover eight. Yeah, he's a perfect fit for what they do. Um, yeah, there's certain guys. And really, you know, I see the same thing with Patrick Peterson in Minnesota. You know, he's the only good part of that defense. Well, now him and Harrison Smith. There's a reason because – they're smart. They're savvy. They're veterans. And they play all the quarters in cover two and cover six and cover eight. Same thing the Eagles do. Well, you have James Bradbury. You have Darius Slay. You have these smart, savvy players. Um, yeah, they're perfect fits. I mean, I had to look at Slay. They've thrown at Slay 53 times, completed 27. So that's 50.9%. Just over 50%. In this era, 50.9%, and and the passer rating when they throw at Slay is 53.2. 53.2. This is absurd, the cornerback play they're getting. Um, and I don't know how you don't have a, a regression to the mean. And by the way, this defense stinks. Can we all say that? I mean, I don't know what these people want. I, how much better can you get? than this defense is right now I don't understand. In, in the modern NFL. But that's one of the reasons why I'm not closing the door on the possibility that Bradbury's coming back. Number one, he's not been good. He has been outrageously good. And how do you not make every effort to bring someone back who's a perfect fit for your defense and has been outrageously good? And maybe the other part, and it'll be the most expensive of all the ones we're talking about, as in ranking where they fit fit in at their position. Certain positions in the NFL get paid more than others. Cornerbacks are uh, not on welfare or anything, but um, there there are some other positions where it might get a little bit more costly. Um, Here's the reason why I think they might go to extended levels to get Bradbury done. You got confidence in Zach Max stepping in? We saw a little Zach Mack this past weekend. <clears throat> no, Mack. I don't. More at I the safety position. You know, but that's one of the things. At least with TJ Edwards, you got N'Kobe Dean to probably step in. Uh, Javon Hargrave, you've got some depth on your defensive line and guys who are already here to potentially step in. Josh Job, he's been on the Eagles roster basically all year, right? How many times has he actually gotten into games? 
to play from the nine line of scrimmage, Johnny Mac. Wow. Um, TJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, I mean. Blanket chips look damn good replacing him the last couple of weeks. Who's stepping in and taking Bradbury's job if they uh, just say, hey, no, he he's played himself out of our potential pay range. We can't afford well, to bring him. Well, that's, that's the problem. No, no one's arguing they're have, you know, you can't keep everybody. And, it, it, you know, I don't know what, what James is you know, situation is maybe he realizes what, what a great fit this is. Maybe he wants to go for another Super Bowl if the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Maybe he wants to chase a, a ring. Maybe he will take less. But if he just wants the big contract, he's going to be able to get more elsewhere. That's kind of the difficult decision. Now, maybe yeah, all everybody's different, man. Everybody's different. Some people want as much money, and if you give them a quarter more, they're going to go to the person that gives them a quarter more. Uh, some people want to chase that ring. That's why Linball Joseph and Indomitian Sewer are here right now, because they want to chase rings. They won, uh, they've won. they made enough money in their careers, and they don't care about, about the money aspect. Obviously, they get paid well, but not nearly as well as they're used to. Uh, so everybody's different. Um, and I don't know where James is, but he had to take a pay cut this year to come here. I don't know if the, the, at this stage of his career, he'd be willing to take a pay cut again. It would be rare. Um, and he's playing at a level where you almost have to assume there's a certain drop off, but certainly, um, uh, certainly the Eagles don't have a, an obvious replacement in house and I'm getting wordy, but I do want to mention this because, I knew it was coming, but it's official, so we can say it. Uh, Brandon Graham is the Eagles' Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, nominee. So that's big news for Brandon. Congratulations uh, to him. And the way things have gone with the Eagles in weekly awards, uh, uh, they've been in the winner's circle a lot this year. So uh, good luck to Brandon Graham with that. It's a just to be nominated, be your team's nominee is an honor, and I I would put Grand, Brandon Graham in the mix for all the guys in the NFL to win the Walter Payton Award. Um, quick response to one of our streamers, see? And now this guy's going to get mad at me because I've singled him out, kind of like our buddy Dominique Dabney, who uh, we kind of pick on because he was the big Tequisky Tart fan. Uh, Steven Jackson. Steven, thanks for watching. We love you. But you're simplifying things just a tad too much. We're talking about Bradbury. I think that the Eagles will go to uh, significant lengths to try and keep him, or at least I think they should, because they don't have the ready-made answer. Now, they've got their draft pick to use this year. There'll be other free agent cornerbacks out there. Um, right now, the New Orleans pick is the number five pick in the draft after they choked that one away last night. I don't think there's a corner that deserves to go at number five. The Eagles are sure as hell never taking a corner that high in the draft. So if you lose Bradbury, you got to replace him. And here's Stephen Jackson saying, well, if we lose Bradbury, we can pick up another great cornerback that we can rejuvenate their career just like we did this year. <laughs> oh, it's the Eagles. The Eagles are the only reason why Bradbury's having that great a year. It's the defensive coordinator who most people in this town don't seem to like. Yeah, All of a sudden it, yeah. is the reason why James Bradbury is this great cornerback. 
Really? It's got nothing to do with Bradbury. The guy was a pro bowler with uh, Carolina before he came here. Uh, just uh, look past that, right? He was a hell of a player that got released by the Giants because the previous administration had screwed up their cap. So the new administration came in and said, hey, we have to deal with this. We're screwed. We're, we're cap strapped. We have to be able to get our draft pick signed. Who's the guy who we didn't sign? Somebody else signed. Wasn't our decision. Oh, Bradbury's making over 10 million? Yeah, that's the guy we're going to. And it was a mistake by the Giants. We talk about Shane, the new GM and the new coach, whatever. Oh, they could have gone another direction. They decided to release Bradbury, which with the way he's played here, I'd say Giants supposedly on the new right track. That was a mistake. Chalk that one up as a mistake. Uh, they should have held on to him. Johnny, just go out like picking uh, uh, apples off a tree. Oh, yeah. Just go pull another great cornerback. That's what he says here. Great cornerback. And put him on the Eagles so you can rejuvenate his career. Uh, easy as pie. Everybody huh. does that. Eagles do that all the time, yeah, right? Everybody does it. Uh, Twenty. Yeah, it's ironic. And I don't want to pick on this person. But, you know, so many people. I don't either, but I do. Because he wrote some, it. If he somebody, types it. If he put it down there in print and he puts it on our screen, you got to kind of be held accountable for it. If someone, you know, I don't know if he dislikes Jonathan Gannon, but there's a lot of Eagles fans who dislike Jonathan Gannon. And they want to give all the credit to the organization, but they hate the defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, James made the Pro Bowl in 2020. So it's not exactly, uh, you know, back in olden times. Uh, yeah, he, he was a Pro Bowl cornerback on the Giants. Um, he is a perfect fit for what the Eagles run defensively. Um, as I mentioned, one of the savviest cornerbacks I've ever seen. Um, really excels in quarters coverage, which is what the Eagles default to most of the time. Um, perfect fit, but he was ready-made. They didn't develop uh, James Bradbury. Quickie question for you on the other side of the ball. Um it's mostly his defense and how he's got to keep intact and do some good negotiating and see if he can get these guys back in Eagle Green. Only two guys on the offense. One is Isaac Samalo, who's getting a little long in the tooth, but you have Jason Kelsey's <laughs> long in the tooth, and they just keep bringing him back and back and back and back and back because he's a Hall of Fame type player. I'm not calling an Isaac a Hall of Fame type player, but the whole age is a thing thing doesn't shouldn't in comparison should apply to the Eagles because they stick by offensive linemen if they're as good as uh, they want them to be and the other one's Miles Sanders in the backfield now the Eagles have their stance on running back the league has their stance on running backs and second contracts and how much money you put into that position um, I like both Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell as situational substitution guys, I don't like either one of them as a lead back. So you're going to have to get a lead back somewhere, either in the draft and or sign someone else's free agent who you're just going to pay him a little bit less than Miles Sanders. You're going to take a shot on somebody who, for some reason, hasn't lived up to expectations and just adding him to your mix is going to make them that much better. Out of those two, which is the priority for the Eagles, retaining Miles Sanders or Isaac Samalo? Isaac, um, a couple reasons. You know, Stoutland loves Isaac, you know, um, number one, so he'll be pounding the table. Uh, you do have to worry about uh, Kelsey retiring. Um, 
and you don't want that much upheaval on the interior of your offensive line. You don't want to lose two guys. Um, and and we'll see where Jason, Jason, you know, he can change his mind tomorrow. Um, he he loves his teammates. and But, you know, it's pretty clear that the original plan was this would be his last year. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, in Miles' case, I think what helps is there's so many free agent running backs. Um, you know, starts with Josh Jacobs. And there's so many teams that don't want to pay running backs. So he's going to hit the open market and he's not going to find a bunch of teams willing to give him what he probably wants. And, and, and if that's the case, you know, that might help the Eagles, but uh, yeah, nobody wants to pay running backs. And the, the, even the great running backs that got paid Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin Cook, teams get ripped for signing those contracts. And you have this new age of, of, of general managers, and um, they don't believe in it. They don't believe in paying running backs, bottom line. So I think all of that helps the Eagles get in the conversation. But I think Miles is going to get to free agency, and it comes down to the contract offer he's going to get elsewhere. And I don't think it's going to be huge. I will say that. Uh, so then you start what you're saying, Jody. Well, you got to have a lead back. And Kenny Gainwell's not a lead back. And Boston Scott's not a lead back. <coughs> and Trey Sermon, excuse me, hasn't proven a damn thing to this point. I'm not going to count on Trey Sermon. Um so if you got to pay somebody else, why not pay Miles Sanders? Um, all depends on the contract. Hi, and again, um, when John and I talk about ages, I think say Amalu's playing at 29 this year. Much like the guys on the defense, uh, Hargrave is 29. Yeah, we consider that old when you compare him to an Edwards, uh, who's only a 26-year-old player. Three years difference is a big difference in the NFL. The lifespan of an NFL player is not all that big to begin with. So when there's a three-year <laughs> difference in between. Are people complaining about number. that, Jody? Yeah, I mean, 30 is a dirty word in the NFL. I mean, that's not our fault. It's kind of silly. but And uh, I, don't, I don't know when Isaac's birthday is, but he's playing next year at 30. He's 29 now. He's yeah. going to play next year at 30. So that does make Isaac Sayamalu an older player in the national football. He's young compared to you and me, big guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a, he's a kid. He's a wet behind the ears kid, but in NFL age, when you become 30, you become yes. An older and veteran player. Yeah. The sweet spot is your second contract with NFL GMs. You're, you're generally 25, 26. Uh, there were some older rookies now because of COVID, but in general, the sweet spot is uh, the second contract. And then to get that third contract, they start talking about age. And, yeah, when you hit 30, you're going to hear those conversations with Javon Hargrave, who's having a career year from a sack standpoint. So that's what people like. That's what people pay. Um, and you're going to hear the Eagles saying, well, he's 30. You're going to hear the whispers. He's starting, you know. How much longer can he play at this level? Yeah, 
Um, you know, guys like Jason Kelsey uh, proved, Lane Johnson proved, oh, you can play pretty well right. in your 30s. But the league as a whole, it's not just the Eagles. Everybody, uh, dirty is a dirty word. There are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, John, your point is dead on accurate. It's a second contract. That is even a little different there in that a first-round pick is a five-year deal. Anything else is a four-year deal. So even that one-year factors in, but it usually does come down to how much are you going to get paid on that second contract after your rookie deal. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Appreciate you streaming in with us today here on Birds 365, the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles is what we're talking about. We're going to do so next with our pal from down the shore, the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN Radio. Mike Gill up next here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
You got your Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McConnell here on Price 365. Welcome to Punch Up Mike Gill in just a second. He was there. I guess he had to use the facility. So he'll get up in a second. But before we go to Mike Gill, uh, let me do one thing. And Gill will be with you in a second. Here on Birds 365, we appreciate all the people streaming and listening, loyal followers, and who hit the like button. Um, we have your stream here on our screen when we're doing the show day in and day out. Other shows here on Birds 365 use the stream more than we do. That is more my choice than anything else as the guy who's hosting the show. Uh, if you can't go back and forth with a person like you do on the radio, I I think it's a lesser way to uh, start generate conversation. So we don't use it as much. Plus, it's a two person show. John and I can go back and forth between ourselves. Sorry, you guys. It's not necessary. And I read it every single day. I got it up here and um, checking out what you guys are saying while the show's ongoing. And I do appreciate that. Every once in a while, somebody will come up with a point and I'll bring it up with John because I think it's an outstanding point that I hadn't thought of yet. So thank you very much for that. But here's a reason why we don't use the stream. Um, I, I referenced Steven Jackson earlier when he made a point about, hey, we'll just go get another great cornerback if Bradbury walks away. It's a little bit more in-depth than that, Stephen. So Stephen didn't like the fact that I referenced the point that he made that I think was way off base. So he comes back to make another point and says, well, Jody and John is my guys. Got to work on the grammar there, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> but they crushed CJG when we pick him up. You really got to work on the grammar there, Stephen. Um, so they can be wrong, too. Some other corner might want to come here and play with Slay. That is a couple of things we got to unpack there. Number one, did you cross CJG when he came here, John McMillan? I do not believe so. I, I do not believe you, know, you did. Did uh, I cross CJ Johnson when he came here? Uh, no. no. No, I don't believe I did either. So. See, that's why we don't use the stream, because now we got to go back and forth. Neither one of us ever crushed no. C.J. Johnson. How he comes up with the fact that we crushed him well, if when you he was question, acquired. If you question um, moving somebody who played nickel corner in New Orleans to safety in a week, um, that's not crushing no, someone. That's not that's, even close to crushing anybody. Yeah, that's, that's a legitimate concern. And the Eagles did a great job with it, and CJ did a great job with it. Uh, but yeah, that's not the definition of of crushing someone. Right. And they get anybody to come play with Slay here. Stephen Nelson came here to come and play with Slay last year. He was okay. He yeah. was no James Bradbury, but he was okay. Oh yeah, somebody's going to start a corner across from Slay next year. Maybe it's Zach Mack coming off the bench. Maybe they go get somebody else. It's not going to be somebody as good as James Bradbury. Uh, you year. know, I'll go Steven, way down on a limb and tell you that right now. Whoever is the other Eagle corner next year will not put up the kind of numbers that James Bradbury's putting up this year. No. Uh, James, by the way, by the way, James Bradbury won't put up the numbers. James Bradbury. Probably not. He he's, he's having an unbelievable uh, year. Stephen Jackson, though, was a heck of a running back back in the day with the Rams. Yeah, also guy. a good oh, uh, big guy. He did. If Kyle Brandt had had angry runs when Stephen yeah. Jackson played, he would have won that every once in yeah. a while. Also a, a good swing man for the Warriors and such. Uh, so you know, 
Oh, that Stephen Jackson was a bit of a nut. The NBA yeah, Stephen Jackson. But he was a good player. He's a good player. Good player, but a little <clears throat> on the crazy side. All right, see what happens, Mike Gill, when you're not ready to go. When you're in, taking now a you pee or whatever you were Steven doing Jackson at the time, though. I get off on a tangent and we make you sit there and listen to us for eight minutes. My yeah. apologies. Sorry, I, I tried to time it out perfectly. I must have missed. <laughs> we appreciate you hopping on board. Thank you much. 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles. ESPN's metrics say somehow they are the fourth choice to win the Super Bowl this year. Crunching numbers. 10,000 simulations play. How the hell does that work? You got any idea? I know that your tied ESPN is tangential. You're 97.3 ESPN radio, but you're not exactly an ESPN employee, but you got your name attached to it, Gil. So I'm asking you, how the hell did ESPN come up with the Eagles? As the I don't know how they, I don't know how they come up with any of these FPIs and this and that, and this team's got this percentage chance to win this game. And, yeah. I don't know who they decided to put on the payroll to say, hey, come up with some formulated number that says what's going to happen in these games. I mean, it's like if I listen to CBS Sports Fantasy percentages every week, I'd be 0-11 in my fantasy football. Who comes up with how many points my guys are going to score? Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Who, I, but you know who came up with it? The TV producer that said this will be a good conversation – Put Dallas at the top of this list and let everybody just kind of have at it. Well, yeah, I lose their mind. Do you know, Jody? You can't fall into that. You know Dallas and the the, yeah. the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Lakers. You know, right, there's certain here's teams. A, here's the thing. Uh, and again, I apologize if I'm being repetitive. This was supposedly computer generated. This isn't Skip Bayless sitting up on the stage going, and the Dallas Cowboys, the greatest thing to ever come, matter from heaven with number 11. And th that I get. That's drama. That's pre-produced. That's opinion-generated television. No, this is a computer printout. 10,000 simulations supposedly played between these two teams based supposedly. on their numbers and their stats and what supposedly. they've accomplished each year. And somehow the Cowboys come out. You're telling me the computer's a personality too. Hey, listen, I'll say this. I, I don't really care what the simulation says. They could be accurate. I don't, I'm not knocking Dallas. I have no reason to say that they, they don't good deserve. Good they team. don't deserve to be there. Are they my best team right now? Not necessarily, but if you ask me who the best team is, this would be one of those situations where there is no number one. There isn't a best team right now. The league is filled with teams with a ton of flaws. I'm trying to find my five best teams in the league. I had last week, Kansas City was my one. They lost. I had Miami in there. They lost. San Francisco lost their quarterback. So now it's a jumbled mess up there. Every team at the top has the reason to say we belong at the top, and all of those teams have a flaw. So San Francisco, uh, Dallas has just as much of debate to be in that spot. I don't think it's obvious. I don't think it's clear cut, but I'm not appalled by it. You're not appalled that the Dallas Cowboys are the favorite to go to the Super Bowl right now, and the Eagles are no better than the fourth choice. No, I can't get appalled by it. No, not I, I, I'm I absolutely like this, appalled by it. We had absolutely. this discussion. You know, on my show yesterday, we were debating about Minnesota. And everybody just seems to be putting Minnesota to the side, myself included. And the situation was, well, they're 10-2. and two. And I said, and I hate this argument because you hear it all the time. I said, 
they don't have a win on that schedule where you're like, all right. Now they beat Buffalo. Well, they beat Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. But that, that game was a was crazy his, game. That, that game was, was as fluky as fluky yeah. gets. Okay, so I give them some credit for that. They lost 40 to 7 or 40 to 3 to Dallas, and they got their butts kicked by Philadelphia. So I, I have a hard time saying they're one of the five best teams. Well, the argument was, well, they're 10 and 2. I said, I don't care what your record is. It, 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 your record doesn't necessarily mean that you're an eight and four team can be Cincinnati at eight and four is better than, than Minnesota at 10 and two. I'm sorry, See, but my, my guilt, you are guilty of what John uh, accused Eagle fans overall being about the defense. They want to compare this year's team to previous regimes, defenses and how they did it. Buddy Ryan, Bud Carson got a blitz. The only way to get on blah, blah, blah. No, no. 2022 stay in the moment stay in your lane stay focused there has to be a best team in football whether it's the number one team after 13 weeks in 2022 as compared to the number one team in 2020 or 2017 or 2014 all of that goes out the window it's only 2022 (laughs) every year at this time there's a number one team with four weeks to go who's that number one team uh, I mean, if you're asking me to pick my number one team right now, Correct. I think in the NFL in 2022, heading into week 14, who's the number one team? I think the most complete team with the least amount of flaws is Philadelphia. There you go. Yeah. Now, does, Not- that necessarily, <clears throat> does that necessarily mean they're going to be the best team with the least no, amount no. of flaws four or five weeks from now? Not necessarily, but. I said on this show last week, and I've said it all along, Kansas City, highly flawed team. They just have Patrick Mahomes. They can't run the ball. Their receivers are limited, and their defense is limited. They're at the top of people's list for one reason. They have Patrick Mahomes. Without him, they are an average football team. They just got beat again by Cincinnati. To Uh me, Cincinnati is better than Kansas City is. If Kansas City doesn't have Mahomes, and they do, they're not even close to the discussion as one of the best teams in football. Now, Buffalo, they had a little bit of a roller coaster, and they seem to be kind of dipping a little bit. Well, is Buffalo back in the discussion? Likely, yes. I think Buffalo has a discussion to be a part of it, but they have major flaws as well. Dallas, to me, has less flaws than those teams do. Their problem is... Their quarterback is not as good as those two guys. I'll take Mahomes and Allen over Dak Prescott. That doesn't mean Prescott stinks. So I think Philadelphia and Dallas have the two are the two teams with the least amount of questions and flaws. Yeah, I think you can make a strong argument now that uh, the the 49ers have to go to Brock Purdy. Um, that the two best teams in the NFL might be the Eagles and the Cowboys. And, you know, and I had the, San Francisco ahead of Dallas until that happened. Yes, I like San Francisco the, the next – and I like San Francisco probably more than I liked Philadelphia until last week. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I picked San Francisco at the start. Uh, I think they have the, the best team, but they don't have the quarterback. I thought Trey Lance way back would be – a slight upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's all they would need. Uh, but he got injured, then Jimmy gets injured. 
now it's tough to go to Brock Purdy and say they're going to be a significant Super Bowl contender. But here's one thing you and I talked about, Mike. What we all thought, and I think Jody's in this category. I'm certainly in this category. I think you're in this category. We all thought the AFC was going to be much better than the NFC. It's not the case. It's not the case. I actually I don't I, disagree. I don't think Minnesota is as good as the Eagles or the Cowboys. They got waxed by both. But guess what? They went undefeated against the AFC East. They're better than those AFC teams. Yeah, those they, AFC teams are flawed. They beat Minnesota. They beat Miami when Tua was out. So you get knocked, I guess, for that. But then we're doing, yeah, we're doing the Eagles thing. Yeah. Right? Oh, I agree. But this is what ends up happening. Uh, I like the Miami team. Their problem is that, you know, their, their defense isn't great. And then you take Tua off that offense. I don't know. I mean, it's not the same, but they beat Miami. That's a good win. They beat the Jets this week. I think. I think the Vikings were a lot like the Eagles. Many people thought that the Jets were going to go beat Minnesota and Tennessee was going to beat Philly, and they both took care of business. Uh, Minnesota has a lot of questions that need to be answered, I guess, because of the quarterback. Other than that, I mean, I don't think it's the quarterback. I think it's the defense. Well, I was going to say, the defense for me, the quarterback isn't the issue for me. It's their defense. Um, the defense for me is their problem. I don't know that they have that. They they do create a lot of turnovers on yeah. that side of the ball. They make uh, big but when plays. push comes to shove, for whatever reason, people aren't buying into them. Maybe we're all wrong. But I will say this: I was on this show way back in the beginning of the season, and I said the AFC is overrated, not as good, and it's turning out to be true. Okay, I'm going to give you credit for it because John just got to it, and I will most definitely say it out loud. Oh, I said the AFC was going to be much better. That that was in part the reason I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl was because I didn't think the NFC was that hard. I thought getting to the Super Bowl in the AFC was going to be a hell of a lot harder, and the NFC has been just as good as the AFC this year. John's point is is accurate, and I readily admit that I was wrong. I uh, want to get your take on this. Uh, watching Monday Night Football before I had to go on uh, see uh, WIP last night. The goat does it again. Brady does nothing for three stinking quarters. Mickey goat Loomis, baby, New down Orleans the field Saints. against the stinking Saints defense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, now that Eagle pick at number one in the first round is sitting at number five. It's it's fluctuating. It'll go back and forth over the last three weeks of the season. But Brady's going to make it again. The Bucs are a 500 team, and we saw them kind of stink it up for three quarters, but then pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Last year, more so here on WIP than here on our stream, but we had a bunch of them here on the stream too. Give me Tom Brady. We want Tom Brady. We stuck it to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. And I kept going, what are you people doing? What are you asking for? You want no part of Tom. He's the GOAT. Come on, don't be stupid. Don't root for the Eagles to get Brady. Well, they got Brady, and they got their ass kicked. What's the fear level of Tom Brady for Mike Gill this year if the Eagles and the Bucks have to play in the playoffs? Knowing that the percentages are... It's very likely going to be here in Philadelphia rather than down in Tampa where it was last year. Assuming a game at the length, what's your fear of Tom Brady and the Bucs in the playoffs, Mike? They'd have to beat Dallas currently. That would be their first-round game. And if Philly, uh, if that happens, Dallas and Philly would play in the second round. 
if if the Tampa Bay won that game and everything else worked out, Tampa would come to Philly. Oh, man, I, I am not one to want to poke the bear, but they have shown nothing. They have had many games yeah. this year where I'm they have come it. back. I'm and, poking and, the bear. Bring them. I'd love to have Tampa Bay come here. I, I feel like an awful that, football team. I feel like that style of quarterback, as good as he is, standing there would have a rough day at the office against this defense. Yeah, uh, they are limited on the offensive line. Has been a disaster Oof. for whatever reasons. Mike Evans seems like he got old overnight. They just have nothing. They can't run the ball a lick. That seems to be a perfect matchup for what John Gannon likes to do defensively. Now, it is the playoffs, and I would certainly not have a 100% positive feeling. Uh, I asked on my show, it, would Dallas be – you know, last year when Dallas got stuck playing San Francisco, I said, that's awful. That's the worst matchup for them. Does Dallas want to go play at Tampa Bay? Eh, I feel like the same situation. They played earlier this year, and Tampa won that game 19-3. to so yeah. I don't know what has happened to Tampa since that game where they played really well defensively, but they just they cannot get anything going offensively. So to answer your question, Jody, no, I, I don't think I'd be I don't think I'd be all that worried about a Tampa Bay team coming here. Yeah, I think it's uniquely Philadelphian uh to worry about uh you know things, the ghost of Christmas past, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Eagles aren't the same team. Tampa Bay most certainly isn't the same team uh, from back in January. I mean, the Eagles are just significantly, significantly better. And we all know how difficult it is to play at Lincoln Financial Field. That's the whole thing with the Eagles. Well, I mean, would we say, you remember, what was it? There was the Seattle team, I guess it was 7-9 and nine that got in and ended up winning the playoff game. I think they beat the Saints. Were they significant? Were the Saints that season significantly better than Seattle all year long? I mean, again, it, that's why these. Well, it's one game. You know, you never say a hundred percent because it is football. It's not best of seven, where you know the the better team's going to win uh, over that large period. You just got to play one bad game. The yeah. Eagles lost one bad game to Washington. I mean, typically they're going to wax Washington. So. There's always that little chance in the NFL. That's what makes it so compelling. But, boy, if this team lost to Tampa Bay, I would be stunned. So many things would have to go wrong. And it would have to be like that Washington game. Not only do you do a bad job on defense, you do a bad job on offense, special team. Everything would have to be. It had to be a perfect, perfect storm to lose that kind of football. And, and Brady did that last night. It was a perfect storm, and he pulled the game out of it. Well, you know to be what. fair, that Saints, stink. that Saints team stinks. Yeah. So. That, the defense is not bad. Their not offense to mention, stinks. Mark Ingram and Taysom Hill basically said, take this game from us. We are not interested in winning it tonight. Although, Todd Bowles tried to do it earlier in the game. I mean, come on, man. Todd Bowles, uh, you're wondering um, – well, you know, he's got Tom Brady. It's fourth down and six. He ends up punting the ball. You're thinking, hey, come on, man! You're down two scores at that time, but they end up coming back and getting it done. But both of yeah, those, he, he he was getting killed by the analytics community, and then he wins the game. So yeah, it's did. another example of there's many different ways to win a football game. So I I want to run this. So here's what we're talking about. Um, 
So I always say pro football focus grades 13 categories uh, for teams. Eagles are number one overall. They're number two offensively. They have the number four passing offense. Pass blocking, they're number one. Receiving, they're number seven. Running, they're number 10. So they stink at running. Uh, run blocking, they're number and, three. And, and doesn't stink. It's just not I'm as good joking, as the other I'm joking. I'm joking. Defense is third. Run defense, I got to look, 13th. So they're terrible at run defense. Tackling, they actually are terrible. That's tackling and special teams. They're 23rd in tackling, but that's a big improvement. Number two in the pass rush behind Dallas. Number four in coverage. And even special teams, they went from 32 to 29 this week because of the great Christian Ellis. Um, This team is so well-rounded. They are so good at everything. That was joking. That was a, I, w- I was rolling my eyes that okay, sorry, 10 or 13 is, that, is terrible. Um, why is why is it just Philadelphia that everybody waits for the other shoe to drop? Oh, this can't continue. No, they're the best team. Embrace it. Enjoy the run. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot that is tied to how we view at the beginning of a year. We believe in Patrick Mahomes at the start of the season, and we don't want to change our opinion and say, man, I was wrong about that guy. So we believe they're the best team. Same with Josh Allen. At the beginning of the year, many of the people in this comment section and watching this show, I'm assuming, did not believe that Jalen Hurts was this player. Now that he's doing this, it's hard for people to believe in the moment what they are seeing is really going to happen in the game that matters the most. Sure, he could do it on Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Indianapolis Colts or the Tennessee Titans. But at 1 o'clock or 425 on Saturday and night when they play in that NFC Championship game, will he be able to get it done? And people, much like last year with the Bengals, we didn't want to believe the Bengals were any good. They just kept winning. I don't trust them. They're the Bengals. Ah, it's the Bengals. Because the Bengals have never given us any reason to believe. So far, Jalen Hurts hasn't given us a reason to believe in a game that matters. So until that happens, people's opinions is going to be, I'll believe it when I see it. All right, so here's the big question. Christmas Eve, Philadelphia-Dallas, does that reach the magnitude of a Mike Gill game that matters? Probably not. Uh, I don't think that that game is going to have a lot of meaning. I don't think – I think Philadelphia will win the next two, and Dallas will still be within an arm's length behind, not be able to – if Dallas wins that – whoever wins that game is going to have a lot of gloating for the week. But realistically, they probably will meet again, and then whoever wins that game will be the one that will get the ultimate gloat. Going back to that regular season first time will be insignificant. The second one will be deemed insignificant. It will be that third meeting. That will be the one that he will have to perform in to win universally everyone. You beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, you will universally win everybody over. Until that point, you're going to have people questioning. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those people that are questioning him. I had no problem with Jalen Hurts being the quarterback at the beginning. There were people all all season long. You got to trade for Russell Wilson. You got to get Carl Watson. Hey, the Eagles were one of them, Mike. Right. Howie, Howie Roseman was on that yeah. list. Well, 
I said, listen, I saw enough from him last year. They won nine games last year with that team. When they made the moves that they made this offseason, I, I said, they won nine games last year with that team. This roster is significantly better. I don't know why the expectations weren't higher, but I said, my God, this team is significantly better than a team that won nine games last year. And then, of course, it was, well, they won a lot of games against teams that weren't very good. So the, the, the hamster wheel constantly spins in this league. Well, you're not playing anybody. You can only play who's on your schedule. You beat teams that aren't any good. Nobody's any good. Nobody's any good. There's And we said, I said at the beginning, I can't even come up with a number one team. If you force me to, I will. That's but I don't I think there is. I'm 45 years old, Jody. Not I'm not that old. But I remember saying the Dallas Cowboys in 1993, they were number one. The San Francisco Giants, uh, 49ers. They were number one. The New York Giants in 86. The Bears. Those teams are number one teams. There are no teams like that in this right. current league. And that's why I asked the question the way I asked it. Forget about everything that's happened before. Don't compare this year's group to previous year's group because you ha- someone's got to be number yeah. one. Well, the they might not is- compare to other years previous, but it doesn't matter. They're going to get the same trophy at the end of the year. Somebody's going to get that Lombardi. It's not going to be made to a smaller size because, ooh, the league wasn't as good this year. It's going to be the same fucking trophy as every other year. Well, the difference difference is, right, those teams were so far and away definitively the number one teams. There wasn't even a challenger to those level of teams. Now there are so many challengers that it's hard to surmise who's the best. Well, I I don't know. I'm trying to think about this because I I you know I I it's a different era. So when you talk about you know the first name I always default to is the '85 Bears. That's probably the best team I think I've ever seen, um, as far as dominance goes. Um, and and then I start thinking about some of those Giants teams, the 49ers, the Cowboys. They're all great, great, great teams. Um, and they were obviously great. You know, the Cowboys run with Jimmy Johnson moving to Barry Switzer. If you can win a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer, you got some talent. Um, so I, I'm not trying to say the Eagles are with that kind of team. But, I, I, I you know, offensively at least, because the defense has changed so much. I get frustrated with the Eagles defense. I say it all the time. That's the way you have to play in the in, in the modern NFL. It's different. And they do it better than anybody else. So even I have to swim upstream against my own thoughts about the way defense used to be uh, played. Offensively, I, I, I haven't seen a team in 20 years this versatile on offense. I mean, to me, I, I – this team is dominant. There's sometimes I can't believe what I'm seeing. They go 363 one week running, 380 the next week passing. When do you see that? Well, I can tell you, 1987. You got to go back 35 years. Historic's historic. The game has changed. I think the Eagles are every bit as dominant as those teams you mentioned. And by the way, I saw the Super Bowl team. They're much better than the Super Bowl team. Much, much, much better. Doesn't guarantee anything, but I do question why people don't recognize what they're watching. Well, I think you know the answer, and you don't like it. 
<laughs> they don't they don't believe they didn't believe in the quarterback at the start of the season. Yeah, that's and it, it. And that's, that's it. it. If if this team was 11 and 1 and had the same exact stats rankings across the board and Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback, this team would be the clear number 1 team in everybody's eyes, not even close. Heck, if this team traded for Russell Wilson as bad as he's been, but he was here and they had the same stats and everything, there would be no question in anybody's mind that this team is the best team in the league. It comes down to coach and quarterback, and Sirianni's a part of it. He's an unknown too, right? He's a guy that's in his second year, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what this guy is. Is he good? Is he bad? What does he do? What is he good at? What is his specialty? Because most of these great coaches – are tied to something. Andy Reid's a great play caller, great play designer. Shanahan's a really good play caller. McDermott in Buffalo was a great defensive mind. These guys have something that is tied to. He's, Sirianni, great, he's a great florist. He's 18-3 and three since he planted There you go. Sirianni doesn't call the plays. He doesn't call the plays. He's not a defensive guy. So he's just kind of a perceived as a rah-rah guy that the guys just like playing for. And I think that is another reason why this team, it's coach and quarterback, and they are both probably the two biggest question marks for the detractors. The CEO coach delegates, and Sirianni's doing a heck of a job with that. All right, Mike, last thing. Um, You're in a unique position down the shore. Last night I took a call on WIP, a New Yorker, who guaranteed a giant victory this week against Eagles. Good luck with that. Guaranteed. Um, but down the shore, you get a little bit more of a New York feel because people come down from up north, like New York is north, and it's as compared to Philadelphia. Um, but you probably get a little New York flavor on your phones. Giant fans really believe they're going to win the game this week, or was this just an obnoxious New Yorker who hates Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I, I mean, we really hadn't even turned the – about to mention Trey Turner signed yesterday in the middle of the show, which kind of uh, hijacked us for a little bit. But Understood. haven't got the sense from the Giant fans at all. We do have a – because our signal reaches way up to, you know, like exit 90 on the parkway. Right. So we get we get a lot of we'll get some Jets this year. The Jets fans have infiltrated the show a little bit. Okay. Uh, but I do think that I've always said this for me, the Eagles Giants is my favorite week. The Eagles Cowboys is more of this commercialized rivalry. I like the Eagles Giants because of the proximity. But the Giants fans, to me, are much more rational people than the Dallas fans. I think they know the game better. They understand when their team is good. They understand when their team's not so good. I think the Giant fans do understand where they are right now. Uh, for the most part, you're going to get some yeah. outliers yeah. that are just irrational. I think the Cowboys fans think that their team is untouchable and clearly the best. I think the Giant fans know where they stand right now. They are happy with the progress of this team. Uh, as we get into this week a little bit more, though, the first time they play, I'll be interested to see if that has if their tone has changed a bit. Mike Gill, have fun on your phones on the Sports Bass this afternoon, rest of the week. We appreciate whenever you come on. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you, bud. All right, guys. See you. Thanks, Mike man. Gill, Sports Bash, ESPN Radio. He brings in Johnny Mack to get his football knowledge every single week. He turns around and spits it out and sounds like he knows what he's talking about with us. Yeah. Because he tossed a yeah. McMullen enough. 
No, Gil's great. We love him when he comes on, and we thank him for doing so. I asked him a favor if he'd move up to Tuesday this week, and he said he would. So appreciate that greatly. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, Mac and Mac guys coming back to do what? Oh, we got to put a bow on this show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Welcome back, guys. And again, uh, I have my up the computer before the show started. That's why it doesn't look like I'm down oceans, which it'd be a nice day to take a brisk walk on the beach. I would actually yeah. enjoy that if I was down at oceans right now, but I'm not. So uh, thank you for understanding why I've had this eagle green screen behind me all day today. Uh, it was my bad. I did some 
disconnecting of lines before the show. So that was on me. Uh, we thank Mike Gill for hopping on board. We thank Tommy Lawler for hopping on board. Both of those guys were great. Tomorrow we'll have a uh, good one as well. Zach Berman's uh, going to get on with us. Uh, we haven't had Zach on in a couple of weeks. Uh, so that should be a good spot. Be tuned for that tomorrow. All right, Johnny Mac, how happy a Tuesday will it be today? Pretty happy Tuesday. I saw JG after the game. He was fired up. Uh, they performed well. So, yeah, it's going to be a happy Tuesday. Um, Shane Steichen, only good things. Even Michael Clay, man. Even Michael Clay doesn't have to worry about anything today. It, it's a very happy Tuesday, except for the weather. It's gloomy. It is a little gloomy outside. Um, and, oh, by the way, Nick Sirianni, yes, I saw a clip before we went on the other day on NBC Sports uh, from the locker room afterwards. He acknowledged the special teams. He was pumped up because the special oh, yeah. teams played as well as he did. You can tell Sirianni really likes Michael Clay. Um, but the special team says something that has come under scrutiny this year as well. It should have. Good on them. Good that they had a uh, – uh, huge performance this past week. And yeah, I think Christian Ellis is locked in for the rest of the season. You don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't know. They only got two more elevations. He's on the practice squad. So then they would have to make a decision. Uh, but if he continues to play like he did, yeah, they're going to have to put him on the 53. Any chance you get CJ GJ information today? CJ Gardner Johnson? Yeah. Uh, no, he's out for four games. They're going to be very tight lipped uh, about that. Uh, so he's on he's on IR because um, last week with two weeks to go, it was pretty much uh, Goddard is going to be back in two weeks. Oh, uh, Goddard, yeah, Dallas is. So Dallas that's is why I'm great. asking you about CJGJ. Will we get information as to when that return is going to be? Um, well, Dallas said last week himself that he's he's going to be back December 18th. So oh, Dallas and, went off the rest. I guess my question is, do you plan on seeing CJGJ down there today the same way you saw Goddard last week? No, the players are off today. Uh, Wednesday, no. We're not going to see CJ Gardner-Johnson. For you mean the Eagles aren't week. practicing today after all of those pre-snap penalties last week? They're not getting... You got to wait for the Wednesday walkthrough, Jody. Got to wait for the Wednesday walkthrough. Okay. Uh, thank you for walking this one through us. I apologize again for the technical technical difficulties I caused. The conversation was good. The insight was good. Thank both our guests. I thank you, Johnny Mac. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again with you tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. We will be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.